You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing the latest with regards to the transfer stories doing the rounds, of course, in relation to our wonderful football club, the mighty Arsenal. We've done a uh, podcast earlier on today. Uh, Yesterday, if you're listening by the audio platform, uh, in which we discussed the news that Messer Ozil looks seemingly on his way out of Arsenal Football Club. Uh, looks as though Messer is going to join Fenerbahce on a three and a half year deal. And I've got a little bit more information since then on the type of deal that this is going to be, how it all might work. Now, I know there are probably contradictory reports out there, so I'm just going to see what uh, check in on what I was told. Um, I was told that it looks like Arsenal will pay his wages, but he will join Fenerbahce on loan for the rest of the season. And there will be a free transfer agreement put in place for Mesut to join Fenerbahce at the end of the season. So that's what I've been told in terms of details um, on the Mesut Ozil to Fenerbahce deal. So um, it looks like it's imminent. It looks like it's happening. Um, So I just wanted to give you guys a bit of an update following on from the last show on the type of deal that we think it's going to be. So we think that Arsenal are going to agree to pay Mesut Ozil's wages for the rest of the season, send him on loan to Fenerbahce until the end of the current campaign, and then uh, a free transfer will take place. Now, I said earlier on that I didn't know how Fenerbahce were going to uh, pay uh, for Mesut Ozil's contract, you know, we understand they've offered him a lucrative deal. How are they going to fund it? Well, it seems as though, you know, reports from Turkey are suggesting that there is going to be a bit of extra funding coming into the football club in the way of a sponsor in order to make that deal happen. Uh, so it does feel like Mesut Ozil is on his way out of the Emirates Stadium. Fenerbahce appears to be the destination. And... um as, as I said earlier on, as much as I'll be sad to see such a talented footballer leaving Arsenal Football Club, it's definitely, without doubt, in my opinion, the right thing for everybody now. Mesut Ozil off. Let's put an end to this saga and get on with our rebuild. Lots of you in the live chat box already, which is fantastic. Please continue the interaction. Absolutely love it. Get your comments in. Get your thoughts in. Smash the like button if you haven't already. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and if you're watching us on Twitter or Twitch or Facebook, wherever it is, uh, make sure you do the the relevant thing. I like, share, follow, subscribe, you know, the drill by now. Um, chat box is full up already, which is fantastic. Let's have a look at what some of you guys uh, have been saying. Now, I'm going to start off by talking about the reports on following Balligan, because that's what I put in the title. And I can see a lot of you commenting on that already. And it's a report actually from the Independent uh, in which they claim that following Balogun could be one of the players Mikel Arteta looks to ship out in January if it will raise transfer funds. Now, we know 
Arsenal are very, very keen. Mikel Arteta is very, very keen to rebuild this Arsenal squad. But we know that the financial state of the club isn't quite uh, what we'd have hoped it would be uh, at this point. You know, add, add the fact that we've not been in the Champions League for so many seasons. Add to that the global pandemic. And you can understand why Arsenal are in a bit of a predicament financially. We know that the Cronkies put their hands in their pockets, made uh, or, or sanctioned the investment in Thomas Partey, which suggests that they recognise that Mikel Arteta needs to rebuild. But would selling Balogun be a mistake right now? What What, what is your take on the idea of Balogun uh, moving out of the club? Do I think it will happen? I, I can't see it with any degree of certainty. I just think if you're a buying club and you're looking at Balogun, you'd wait until the end of the season and get him on a free transfer. You know, Balogun's contract comes to an end uh, at the end of this current campaign, which makes the world of difference for me. Um, add to that the fact that he hasn't played a f in the Premier League yet. Um, you know, that's another factor that you've got to think about. Um and although he's shown promise at, at under 23 level and shown promise a little bit when he's played, <coughs> apologies, in the Europa League and, and the cup competitions, whatever, he's still relatively unproven at, at Premier League level. And so if I was somebody interested in following Balogun, would I be looking to go and break the bank to sign him in January for the sake of six months? Probably not. Um, you know, how much do Arsenal think that they could raise from somebody like Balogun, given he's at a very early stage in his career. I don't think a great deal. Um, you know, if somebody's going to do a Rian Brewster and come and uh, spend 20, 25 million pounds to get him, then, you know, Arsenal could be tempted into selling him. But that in, that report from the Independent just doesn't quite sit right with me. Um, you know, we spoke yesterday about the rumours linking Eddie and Ketia with a move away. I don't think Mikel Arteta would move Eddie and Ketia and following Balogun on in the same window. I don't think that would make sense. I think it would very much be one or the other. And if we're to believe what we were reading yesterday, it seems as though Enketia is the one that Mikel would be uh, more happy to lose. So I don't know how true that is, but it is a report doing the rounds. It has been reported by the Independent that Mikel Arteta is considering um, using Fuller and Balogun to try and raise some transfer funds uh, during this next month. Let's have a look what some of you guys, <coughs> apologies, are saying on the matter. Beke Dube says to Harry, don't you think we may live to regret the decision of selling our young raw talent just like Nabry? Can't Arsenal at least be loaning Balogun out? Well, the problem with Balogun, as I said, is his contract comes to an end at the end of this current season. So a loan deal would would not benefit Arsenal in any way. You know, if you loaned him out for six months and then he went and impressed, um, lots of clubs came in for him and then the summer come along and, and he's a free agent, then what would have been the point in sending him out on loan? It would be for the benefit of other clubs rather than Arsenal. The only way I can see Arsenal line it, uh, loaning Balogun out is if Arsenal get him signed up on a new contract. If Arsenal do a deal that sees Fuller and Balogun sign and commit his long-term futures to the club and then loan him out uh, for a period of time, that's absolutely fine with me. But until that deal is done, until he signs on the dotted line uh, on a new contract, I cannot see uh, Arsenal looking to loan him out for the, what, six months? It, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, Sakaya says, yo, how you doing, mate? Welcome to the stream. Uh, Flow Show says, selling Balogun would be a mistake, in my opinion. Sell Eddie instead. 
Uh, Murray Group says Balogun is a brilliant young prospect by selling him would be giving away a future start. Not worth it, in my opinion. A loan would be more ideal. Again, agreed. The loan would make sense if he commits his long-term future to Arsenal. Why would you loan out a player for six months if he's then going to walk away on a free transfer? Why would you go through all the hassle and the aggro of setting up that loan deal? For what? So he can go and get experience, develop, and then go and help someone else. <coughs> That's my take on that. So the loan deal thing uh, doesn't really uh, doesn't really sit right with me unless... Um, a contract is signed by the player. Uh, a Aju Hunk 000 says, Harry, what's your thoughts on Grealish joining us? I'd absolutely love to have uh, Jack Grealish at Arsenal Football Club, but it's not happening. Um, it isn't happening. So don't get your hopes up. But of course, you know, really talented footballer is Jack Grealish. One of my favourites to watch in the Premier League right now. I would love to have him at the club. But the reality of that being a done deal is 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 way off the scale, way off the spectrum, at the moment. Giovanni says, "Big up Harry, like up and subscribe." Yes, please do like, subscribe if you haven't already. Big good evening to everybody else joining us. Uh, Kieran Clark says, "Extending Balogun and uh, extending Balogun's contract and then sending him out on loan has to be a massive priority, as he seems to have a much higher ceiling than Enketia." I agree with that. Based on even though it's very little, based on the little I've seen of Balogun, I do feel like his ceiling is probably higher than that of Eddie Nketiah's. And as I've already said, and as Kieran uh, points out uh, in the chat, the loan deal is only right if he's committed his future to the club. So get him signed on the dotted line, get Eddie and uh, get following Balogun committed to this football club. And then we can look at loaning him out for the remainder of the season, potentially to a club where he will get more game time and accelerate his development. Uh, let's see, uh, what else you guys are saying? Loads of comments coming through. We'll keep, uh, plowing through them. Uh, let's pick up a few more bits on, um, Ozil, uh, and Balogun because, uh, football says that would rather sell in Ketia. Um, Louis Robson says, I'm all for selling in Ketia and giving Balogun a chance in the team. Uh, Vincent Olawale says, if Balogun refuses to sign and get him out the door, uh, Carrie says, sell Balogun, too many strikers. Um, Giovanni says, I highly doubt the Balogun rumours. Mikel's already come out and said he's part of our future. I suspect he just has a prickly agent that is looking for the best deal for himself. He's been here 12 years. Yeah, but unless he signs a new deal, then it doesn't matter what Mikel Arteta wants. Do you see what I mean? That, that, that's kind of my point here. Unless he signs on the dotted line and commits his future to Arsenal Football Club um, and th there's an agreement put in place, then it doesn't matter what, what Arteta does, wants or, or how Arteta sees him for the future. We need to get that deal done. And that means going through this agent. Um, and that means to a degree, I guess, uh, succumbing to his demands. How much do we want the player? If we really want him, we'll meet the demands, won't we? Um, and, and that will tell you quite a bit about how highly Arsenal rate uh, following Balogun at this, uh, this uh, point in time. Um, lots of people say, get rid of Eddie. So plenty of people, um, you know, making the point that they'd rather see Eddie and Ketia go at this point, the overlord of procrastination. If we let him go and we get yet another Andy Cole scenario, it will be devastating. Of course, Andy Cole, uh, went on to have a really, really good career at Manchester United. Um, 
Harry Land says, would be a shame to lose Balogun, but we've had so many promising centre-forwards that didn't cut the mustard. Afobi, Akpom and Ketia all showed how hard it is to break through. Goals in the under-23s are almost irrelevant. Really good, uh, really good point there. Uh, Jeff says he would like to see uh, Balogun stay and moving Ketia on. Eddie has played in the PL, but has not been amazing. His link-up play is poor with a heavy first touch. Dave Atkinson says he doesn't go for free at the end of the season. We will get conversation of maybe five to ten million pounds. Who are you talking about, Balogun? Are you talking uh, about Mesut Ozil there? I'm not 100% sure. Just let me know in the chat. Um, Stephen says we should not sell following Balogun. We could regret it later. Um, George Sooty, check out DJ Sooty's page. He says these youngsters need to realise that wherever they go, they will not be starting week in, week out in the Premier League. Um Alexander Ross at Arsenal never learn. They always let their good players get into their last year of their deals. Um, you know, so lots of people are, are of the same opinion. Uh, pretty much everyone feels as though uh, they prefer uh, to see uh, to see um, to see Eddie and Ketia moved on rather than Balogun. But the reality is that Balogun's contract comes to an end at the end of this season, and it may be taken out of our hands if a deal is not agreed and we may end up losing him. Um, you know, the report, as I said, from the independent suggests that if an offer came in, Mikel would consider it because he wants to raise funds to continue this rebuild at a football club. You know, we're going through a period uh, where we are going through a bit of a rebuild. We do need to bring players in. We do need to move players out. Um, maybe Eddie Nketiah or, or, or Fuller and Balogun would not be high up your priority list in terms of the dead wood in our club and the ones that you'd like to see move on sooner rather than later. But you can only sell for value when they have value in the eyes of another football club. And that's kind of the situation uh, right now. You know, it's, it seems like there is interest in Balogun. There's been a reported interest from Liverpool, as reported by The Athletic. Will somebody come in, though, and, and table some money to, to prevent him potentially joining Liverpool um, on a free transfer? Will someone come in and put the money on the table now to get him now? And, and it's not necessarily a case of the, uh, or an issue around the six months difference that getting him in the summer and now makes. It would be very much, wouldn't it? If you rate him, it would be very much to get him in the door and prevent him joining somebody else. Will anybody do that? Will anybody take a punt? Uh, on following Balogun in this transfer window. We're going to have to wait and see. Uh, but I'm just relaying a report um, that, I'm, uh, that I've read today. Um, again, I don't know how true it is. I don't know how accurate it is. And um, I'm sure, as I said, with all the other stories, if there is something that's going to develop, we will learn about it uh, in due course. Uh, big hello to Nayon Saba, who says, Hello, Harry, appreciate your work. Big hello from Rwanda. Uh, big hello to you too. Uh, loads and loads of comments. Wow. Um, rivalry aside, pods is great content, mate. Keep it up. Thank you so much. Um, don't forget, if you haven't already, make sure you have smashed that like button. I can see on YouTube alone, there's over 200 of you. Um, no, sorry. That on YouTube, there's 170 of you uh, watching us right now. So I expect to see at least 100 likes. Come on, guys. Let's uh, pump the video uh, up the rankings. <coughs> Apologies. Still got a bit of a tickly throat. Um, let's move on. Uh, we've already discussed... Um, the, the update on the Mesut Ozil thing, we've already discussed following Balogun. Let's talk a little bit about Matt Macy, Arsenal goalkeeper, who is reported to be having a medical 
with Hibernian today. I've not uh, seen any confirmation of that deal or anything like that, but it's understood that Matt Macy is closing in on a loan move that will see him join uh, the the SPL side Hibernian for the rest of the season. It is a um, it is a six month loan deal, um, and it makes sense, doesn't it? You know, Matt Macy is not getting a look in. Um, didn't get a look in even after Emmy Martinez was sold on. He was very much. Uh, it was very much made clear that he was the third choice after Runarsson came in. And and the main Anon puts this in the chat. And I find this, I found this incredible as well when I was looking this up today. Matt Macy's 26. Where did the years go? How did Matt Macy become 26? You know, he's at a point in his career now where he needs to be playing football. Um, and so I wish the player all the best of luck. But I do worry now about Arsenal. And does this mean that Arsenal are going to go out and bring in another goalkeeper? Because I feel like we'd be very, very, um, we'd be leaving ourselves very, very short if we didn't. Um, and obviously yesterday, uh, there were reports, weren't there, um, from some of the journalists that cover Arsenal very closely, that Arthur Okonkwo, 19 years old, had been promoted uh, to training with the first team. He was training with the first team yesterday. So obviously that suggests that they knew that Matt Macy deal uh, was around the corner, was 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 going to happen. And so a Conquo has been pushed up into the first team. Now, is a Conquo in the eyes of Mikel Arteta and his coaching staff a better third choice option than Matt Macy? Is he as good a third place option um, as Matt Macy? And now Arsenal feel like they can fulfil both in the sense of let Macy go out, get his football, but also they can give Oconquo a chance to be at least in and around the first team setup. Um, you know, we know that Macy's looks like he's on his way out and I think it's the best move for him. He's not playing football. So um, I wish him all the best. He's not someone I've ever grown particularly attached to, but that's because he hasn't played two first team appearances for Matt Macy since... Um, since sort of breaking through into the first team picture, one in the EFL Cup, one in the Europa League, and that is it. So you feel as though if he wants to go and push on his career, if he wants to develop um, and potentially put himself in a shop window for a summer move, then then going out on loan is the right thing to do. Um, and going up to the SPL probably feels like a good idea um, and something that will benefit uh, Matt Macy. So fingers crossed uh, that all goes through and he can go on and continue his career. Look, I, I, I've got nothing against the guy. I want him to progress. Um, you know, I just, I don't think he's Arsenal material. Clearly the Arsenal coaching staff don't think the same. I uh, don't think that either. Sorry. And so, um, yeah, good luck to Matt Macy. Uh, Clement says, big up Harry from Borneo, Indonesia. Thank you so much, mate. Uh, really appreciate it. Great to see people join us from all over the world. Anthony D says, big up, Harry. Keep up the content. Thank you so much. Uh, let's see. Uh, going back to the keeper thing, uh, Louis Robson says, it will be crazy to not sign a keeper and keep just uh, Leno and Renarsson. Yes, agree. I think it will leave us quite short. Um, Chris Castell says, if Leno gets injured, we're going to have major issues. I agree with that as well. Um, you know, from what we've seen of Renarsson, he hasn't exactly filled me with confidence, um, which is a, which is an issue. Um, let's see what else you guys are saying. Kieran Clark says, big love from Dubai, UAE. Thank you so much. Um, Oguchukwu says, I heard Eddie is going to be sold going back to that. So that should free up space for Balogun. We heard that yesterday and then we heard today that Balogun could be sold. So I don't know which one is true. Um, that's why we've been, 
Uh, that's why we've been sort of discussing it and trying to make sense of of what actually the situation is uh, with regards uh, to Eddie Nketiah and Balogun. Which one is higher up Mikel's priority list? If you're basing it on team selections, probably going to have to 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 lean towards Eddie Nketiah. But um, you know, that's it. Um, we're going to have to wait and see. Nobody really knows. Uh, Isaac says, are you watching Saliba for Nice later? I'm not, mate. Um, I'm not. I'm going to be uh, working on the game between Milan and Juventus. Top of the table, Serie A clash Inter, of course, dropping points early today. So I'm, I'm going to be working on that game. So I won't get a chance to watch Saliba. I'm sure I'll catch up on some highlights later on. Uh, but that gives me a good sort of segue into promoting uh, a brand. Well, it's not a brand new podcast. It's a reborn podcast simply seria uh, head over check it out it's available on all major podcast stores uh download it get involved leave us a review subscribe uh, and we'll be keeping you up to date myself and vittorio campanile uh, will be keeping you up to date on all the latest from italian football so please do check that out if you haven't already um Right, let's see what else uh, we've got on the agenda today. Let's discuss briefly the situation involving Lucas Torreira, of course, on loan at Atletico Madrid. And it's understood uh, that Arsenal are unhappy with the way Atletico Madrid are treating Lucas Torreira at the moment. He has started just two La Liga games this season. And it's said that Atletico Madrid are not playing him on purpose so that they can potentially drive down uh, his asking price in the summer when it comes to potentially doing a permanent deal. I don't know if I believe that, um, but that that is what the reports say. It's come from a Spanish media outlet that Arsenal are furious with the way Atletico have cast Lucas Torreira to one side. As I said, just two starts in La Liga, um, not getting the game time. The issue here is, how can you argue with Diego Simeone when Atletico Madrid currently sit top of La Liga? If I'm not mistaken, they're two points clear of Real Madrid in second and they have two games in hand. So, you know, that means that, 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 that Simeone's doing a wonderful job. So how can you... How can you argue with what he's doing there? You know, it's not like Atletico are underperforming and midfield's not doing a job. And then you could turn around and say, well, now he's just purposely not picking Lucas Torreira. He's doing a wonderful job, as he has done, um, Diego Simeone, from the time he joined Atletico Madrid, uh, to be honest. So, you know, I'm not surprised uh, that Atletico find themselves in the position that they do right now. Can see there's over 250 of you watching us live at the moment. So, uh, as Thomas says, smash that like button. Uh, Harry gives us good content. Thank you so much, mate. Really appreciate your constant support. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't already, like, subscribe, share, comment. You know the drill by now. So, that's the, where we are on the Lucas Torreira situation. Um, does he have a future at Arsenal after this loan deal? I don't think so. I don't think he would have been loaned out if he did. Um and that is my honest answer. You know, should Arsenal maybe pull him back? Uh, you know, some people are kind of suggesting that in the chat. I don't know, because would he play at Arsenal? Does he fit what Mikel Arteta is looking for? I'd argue that if he did, he would have been in the side previously and he probably wouldn't have gone out on loan. I was really excited by the signing of Lucas Torreira when he first came in. I really liked the look of him. I liked his tenacity, his determination. I think it became apparent quite quickly that he wasn't happy in the UK. And I think that played a massive part uh, in his career, maybe not taking off um, at the Emirates Stadium. I think physically, 
you could ask questions. Is he quite there? Um, you know, given the Premier League is a lot more physical than some of the other divisions. People always point to Lucas Torreira's size. I would say for someone of that size, he puts himself about. And I don't think he lets that disadvantage him necessarily. But there have been question marks around the physical nature of the Premier League, the pace of it. Uh, obviously, his home life, uh, you know, he, he struggled to to settle in London. He made no secret of that. And so letting him go to Atletico, Spanish-speaking country as well, it felt like the right thing to do. He's not playing at the moment. It's a shame because I think he's another player who's who's very talented, but he's a bit of a victim of just being in the wrong place at the wrong time, maybe one wrong move. Um, and it can potentially kill your career. And I hope that isn't the case for Torreira because I really like him. Um, and I hope that he, he manages to rediscover the form that saw him join a club the size of Arsenal in the first place uh, after really performing uh, at Sampdoria previously. Uh, some people suggesting in the chat that after what we did to them with Partey, they're not surprised to see Atletico Madrid taking uh, this stance. Um, you know, and um, yeah, you know, maybe there's a bit of that. Uh, Carrie asks the question as well, is Torreira treatment uh, revenge for Partey? Could be. Um, don't really know. Um, lots of Some of you actually um, suggesting that actually... Lucas Torreira is part of the Deadwood that Arsenal need to need to get get out the door. And, you know, Lucas Torreira, you'd have thought in the summer when we were looking to move players out, would have been one of the players that had some value. But again, uh, you know, the pandemic had a massive impact on that. And I think that had we not been in a pandemic, perhaps we'd have seen transfer fees, maybe not necessarily the transfer fees we paid, um, certainly not in Torreira's case, but I think we'd have seen transfer fees recuperated for Torreira, for Genduzzi, and we didn't as a result of this situation. And that has set set us back, hasn't it? Um, you know, now we're in a place where we've got players who have some ability, have some potential, ha- would have a potential uh, transfer value under normal circumstances, but now they don't and we're kind of stuck with them. Um, and it's a problem. It is an issue. Um, Alan Kay says we should have bought Nzonzi instead at the time we got Torreira. Unai Emery would agree with you, Alan. Uh, that's who he wanted. He didn't get him for whatever reason. Arsenal didn't feel necessarily that the inv- that Nzonzi represented a, be- a good long-term investment. And they went down the route of Lucas Torreira. Hasn't worked out for whatever reason, um, which is unfortunate. Um, but yeah, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Uh, George says some international players just don't like England. Being happy where you live and work makes a big difference. Torreira struggled to settle in London. Agreed. Um, agreed. Uh, this is an interesting one, interesting one from the Bearded Gooner. Head over to the Bearded Gooner's channel, uh, check it out, uh, and uh, get subscribed, get liking, all that you know, all that jazz. Uh, it says, I'll be honest, Harry, I'd love to see Torreira in the midfield with Thomas Partey. That would be one tenacious midfield, wouldn't it? If nothing else, uh, it would give you some real tenacity. Um, I'd love to see that bite with those two. But, you know, it could happen one day. Um, it could happen one day, mate, if he returns to the club uh, and gets a look in. It could happen. You never know. Uh, Dan Wickstrom asks, do you know what happened to the same old Arsenal podcast this week, mate? Yes, I do. Um, I was scheduled to be on it. Um, unfortunately, a couple of guys, a couple of the guys, uh, big shout out and uh, hugs to Dan and Mark. They they lost a family member and, and Craig decided to, Cancel the podcast out of respect, which we were all 100% behind. It's absolutely the right thing to do. Um, so a couple of the guys uh, had a family bereavement. Um, and so it just didn't feel right sitting there ranting and raving about Arsenal when 
that kind of thing is going on. So that's why this same old Arsenal podcast didn't go ahead this week. But he'll be back next week. So um, make sure you're subscribed and uh, we'll, uh, we'll get chatting to you next week, I'm sure. Um, right. In other news, Socrates uh, is said to be closing in on a move away from Arsenal as well. Now, initially, reports suggested that Fenerbahce were the front runners for the Greek defender. However, that has slightly changed. And in the last few days, we've learned of Genoa, uh, Genoa's interest. Genoa, of course, Serie A club, one of Socrates' former clubs. Uh, he did play in Serie A for a period of time, even played for AC Milan as well, uh, did Socrates, as well as Borussia Dortmund. So it's been at some really, really big clubs. And uh, Genoa, of course, struggling at the moment. They're in the, they're, they're fighting relegation, it seems, uh, at this moment in time. They're going to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. And um, they're on the lookout for a centre-back. And it looks like Socrates, given his knowledge of the club, given that he was happy in Italy, could well be on his way there. Um, they've also been linked with an interest in, in Skodran Mustafi as well. Who will they pick? Uh, I think they'd probably go with Socrates uh, over the two. Um, but I just want to discuss the Socrates situation a little bit because, you know, we, we've spoken a lot over the last sort of few hours about the Mesa Ozil thing. And, and some people would argue that uh, he acted in a bad way. Others will argue that the club mistreated him. And I think there is reason to, to have doubt and reason to... Um, you know, reason to to think either way on the Ozil situation. You know, as I said earlier on in the on the last show we did, there's there's three sides to every story. There's the there's one person's side, the other person's side, and then there's the actual truth. So with the Ozil thing, it's been very, very difficult to make sense of it. It's been very difficult to understand exactly who is in the wrong. Um whereas with regards to Socrates' situation I think it's as clear as day. And I think this is the major difference here. Do I think that Socrates is good enough uh, to play for Arsenal week in, week out? No, I don't. Do I think that Socrates would have done a worse job than some of the players that have played? Not necessarily, but Socrates, for me, in terms of him not being in the in the side, it, that's not really an issue because when I look at all the problems that Arsenal have had this season, I don't think centre-half has been the biggest issue. Some people may disagree, um, but I think that centre-back has not been our biggest problem this season. I think Gabriel's been brilliant. I think David Lewis has done well at times. And I think of late, Rob Holding has really stepped up. Pablo Marie has come back into the side and been a, a real good player. Where my issue is with the way Arsenal have treated Socrates is, yes, we need to be ruthless. Yes, we need to weed out the players that aren't good enough. But at a time where, for example, Pablo Marie was out injured and was never going to be fit until December, Callum Chambers um, is still working his way back to fitness. You know, he's made a couple of appearances in the Cups in Europe, whatever. Um, you know, those two guys, Marie and, and, and Chambers, weren't weren't going to be able to impact in your side until at least December. Yet you chose to include them in the squad over Socrates. Now, uh, in Callum Chambers' case, it could well have been to do with the homegrown thing. Pablo Marie, though, was never going to be fit until December. And although you might not think Socrates is good enough, my point that I'm trying to get to here is that in terms of his attitude, 
he's always been exemplary, I think. I think he's a very popular figure around the club, as um, you can clearly see. I think he's been better than some of the centre-backs that have played previously. And again, I'm not really digging out the centre-backs this season. I think they've done all right. But I don't think Socrates has been a complete and utter disaster at Arsenal. I think he's a leader. I think he's very popular. And I think given that he's always displayed exemplary um, sort of behaviour, I think it's harsh that he's been cast out the way he has. And I hope that he does get his move. And I hope he gets to go uh, somewhere where he's happy. For example, Genoa, um, where he's he's played before, knows the club inside out. Um, could think of worse places in the world to live as well. Um, so, yeah, I think um, a move is, is edging closer for Socrates. And look, I know we have to be ruthless with regards to kind of getting rid of these players that aren't good enough. I just feel like he's been really harshly done by in the last six months or so. And unlike Mesut Ozil, he's never come out and had a go at the club. He's never dug anybody out. He just gets on with it. He trains. I think that he's a model professional, even if he's not necessarily the most talented. And for that reason, I've got a lot of sympathy for the situation he finds himself in. And I'm actually quite disappointed in the way that Arsenal have treated him. But it does look like that move is edging closer. And as I said, good luck to him. Wish him all the best. Right, now has come the point in the show um, where I want to get your questions. I want to get your questions uh, in the live chat. Chuck them in. We're going to pick out five or six questions before we wrap up this stream. Just a quick reminder, if you haven't already, make sure you are subscribed to the channel. Uh, make sure you like the video. Make sure you've shared it, commented. You know the drill by now. Get involved um, in the interaction. Um, let me know your thoughts on any of the subjects that we've discussed today. Uh, and of course, I'd love to hear uh, your questions now. And I'm going to do my best to answer as many of those as I possibly can between now and the end of the stream. Right. Let's begin with this one from Kieran Clark. Harry, would you take Basuma? Surely better than Xhaka and Elneny. Interesting one, this. Um, I've always said that I feel like Basuma is too similar to Thomas Partey in terms of his attributes. Um, and so having gone out and bought Thomas Partey, I don't think Basuma would have been a priority. I'd probably take Basuma. Yeah. I take him over El Nenny, um, because he is one of those players that destroys in the middle of the park, works hard and gives the ball to the more talented players and asks them to go out and, uh, and make things happen. I think Xhaka is a little bit more progressive in his play in terms of his use of the ball. And so I think he's different to Bissouma. I'm not going to get into an argument with you guys in the chat now about who's better of the two. But for me, I think that you need to have balance in the midfield. I think that's the most important thing. And, and that can only be struck by having the right personnel. You may have a player who's more talented, but does he fit in your system? Does he complement those around him? And I think that's important to take into consideration. So I would have Bissouma. Yeah, um, I do think he'd be a better option than Mohamed Elneny. In terms of Granit Xhaka, though, I think they're different options. And I'd personally like to have both those types of midfielder. So, um, no, I wouldn't swap him for Xhaka. Um, but I would swap him for Mohamed Elneny. And I've gone the long way around. But, yeah, I'd take him at Arsenal Football Club. Um, SLD Ant says, who should Arsenal sign in the window? I'll give you positions. 
rather than names um, because in terms of names, it's very difficult to know what is doable and what isn't. Um, but I think we need to sign another creative midfielder. And I think we probably, if we could only bring in two players in January, I think the priorities, um, particularly now with Matt Macy going out as well, I think we need to bring in another goalkeeper, In even if it's just a squad goalkeeper, and we need to bring in a creative midfield force. That's the two priorities for me. In the longer term, I'd like to see another uh, you know, another left back come in. I'd like to see uh, another right back come in. I'd like to, see, you know, if the ones we've got are not going to play, I'd, I'd like to see different midfield options, a centre forward, uh, you know. But if we're talking about in the January transfer window, I think the priorities have to be a creative midfield player and a goalkeeper. Um, let's see uh, what else we've got here. Uh, Kieran is asking about Dybala. What do I think of the potential of bringing in Paolo Dybala? Player I'd love to see at the Arsenal again, of course. Um, you know, and I say again because I've referred to a few that I'd love to see at this club throughout this stream. Brilliant player. Um but the, the, the finances just feel like they'd be a stretch for Arsenal and I can't see it being done. In terms of my opinion on him, though, I think he's a wonderful talent and I'd love to see him in the red and white of Arsenal. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Um, Going to pick out a couple more. Uh, apologies if I miss some of yours. Um I'm just trying to pick out stuff that we haven't really discussed. Uh, Lomprey Coroma says, would Walker-Peters to replace Bellerin? Was certainly impressed with Carl Walker-Peters in that game against Liverpool the other night. I thought he was excellent. And I think he's a player that's really found himself um, at Southampton. He's working under a very, very good coach, um, getting opportunities, and I think he looks a, a real talent. To replace Hector Bellerin, I, see, I'm not one of these people that really thinks that Hector Bellerin is as bad as some would have you believe. I don't think he's top, top draw, uh, but I think he's a decent right back. And I don't think that that uh, position is a major priority right now with Ainsley Maitland-Niles at the club, Cedric at the club as well. <sighs> Walker-Peters, you have to pay that Premier League premium. I'm, I'm sure we can all agree on that to get him in. Um, and I'm sure Southampton, as you've seen, will not sell cheap. You know, they've got a history, haven't they, Southampton, of bringing up players, improving them, and then selling them on to Liverpool normally uh, for massive fees. So, um, good player. Uh, been impressed by what I've seen of him of late, but I want to see it over a longer period, if I'm honest, when it comes to Kyle Walker-Peters. Let's see what else uh, you've got. Anton, uh, referring to my respect for Granite Xhaka. If you ask Harry, he would like a statue of Xhaka in the middle of the Emirates. Why not? Why not? <laughs> uh, let's see what else we've got here. Um, big thank you to Harry. He says, great show as always. Certainly keeping my mind active during these scary times. Thank you. Really appreciate it, mate. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, I'm glad to see that the show is helping in some way, shape or form. Uh, Brad Richardson says, if a big money bid came in for Saka, would you take it? And would you trust Edu and Arteta with reinventing? How big are we talking? Um, no, I wouldn't entertain it because I feel like when you're trying to rebuild, rebuilding, but then getting rid of the good pieces that you already have just sets you back again. And, and look, you know, there is a price for every player. If you're talking about £100 million, and that would allow Arsenal to go and bring in free players in free areas in which we desperately need to improve. I'd consider it, yeah. Doesn't mean I'd 100% do it, though. I'd consider it. 
Um, but Saka seems to be one of the brightest talents at the football club at the moment. He's doing really, really well. As I said, when you're rebuilding, he's one of the players that I'd be looking to rebuild around. And so I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't entertain bids for him. But like I said, every player has their price. And I'm sure if a bid of a substantial amount came across the table, the club would consider, you know, and when I'm talking substantial, I'm talking 70, 80 million pounds. I'm not saying that anyone would pay that for Bukayo Saka at the moment. But what I'm, my point is, is that everybody has a price. And that if that price allows you to move forward quicker in your rebuild, then you consider it. Um don't you? And and I think that's just, I think that's probably relevant and probably uh, the case with most players at Arsenal at the moment. Although A says Saka is priceless. Uh, Louis Robson says if we sold him, then there would be hell on earth with the fan base. Yeah, um, I think so. Um, I think so. Uh, this is an interesting question. RW says, what's the big difference between the likes of Saka and Willock when they went to the same academy? Simple talent. There's just a massive difference in their in their levels of talent. Saka's a, a, a far bigger talent, and and it's as simple as that. Um, also shown a versatility that has helped him uh, at least to, if not, you know, you know, Saka's versatility has given him opportunities in the team that he probably wouldn't get if he wasn't so versatile. The fact that he's left footed has given him opportunities at left back, which is grasped, at left wing back, which is grasped. And all of that, although it's not his ideal position, we've all seen of late, he's much more effective in the final third. What it does do is it means that he's got more game time at the top level under his belt. And that definitely, definitely helps a young player in terms of progression um, and in terms of their development. I'm going to pick up a couple more questions. Here we go. Uh, Omar says, I have made bold claims over the last few weeks, but I would sell Aubameyang because he's finished, in my opinion. Do you think there is substance to my claims? Would you consider it? Again, every player has his price back, Omar. Um, you know, if if Martinelli keeps firing, if Lacazette keeps firing, if Enketier or Balogun break onto the scene uh, a little bit more regularly and start producing, then you would reassess your options, wouldn't you? And if you could get 30, 35 million uh, for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, at, given his age and all that, then yeah, you'd consider it. But there's a long way to go in this season. And I still feel that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is going to be key to us achieving, um, you know, whatever it is that we we go on to achieve. I don't agree with the he's finished comment. Um, I don't think he's finished by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's experiencing a blip and it is his first blip in his Arsenal career. And you've got to take that into account. You know, I, I, I mentioned this stat a lot. And so you think I know it off by heart, but I don't. So I'm just quickly searching it. Um, but, you know, we're talking about somebody who, since joining Arsenal Football Club from Borussia Dortmund, has played 126 games, scored 75 goals and contributed 16 assists. 75 goals in 126 games. That is an incredible return. And so the point I'm making here is that this is the first period in his Arsenal career where Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang hasn't been firing at a very top level. And so to call him finished, I think, is a little bit premature. As I said, I think he's going through a difficult period. He's struggling a little bit, but that is it. And I do fully believe that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang will be back scoring goals uh, for Arsenal Football Club sooner rather than later. Uh, right, let's pick out uh, a couple more. Um, 
This one comes from, and I'm going to address this because I've seen you put it in the chat a couple of times. Osman Ali says, Harry, what do you think about assigning Toyin Coop Miners, him on the left, Buendia on the right, Partey in the middle, 4 3 3? I've got to be honest, mate. I don't know a lot about this player. I need to do a bit of research uh, before I could make a, 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 you know, an informed comment on that. Thank you for your question. And I promise I'll make a note of it and I'll have a look into him and we can maybe discuss it on a future show. Uh, right. Let's pick up one or two more um, here. Let's uh, see what we're going to go with. Decisions, decisions. Uh, SLD Ant says, is Emil Smith-Rowe good enough to start every week? I think he's good enough, but I think he's young. Um, I think he's young. I think he's had lots of fitness issues. I think he doesn't need the pressure of being our only creative outlet on him right now. Um, I think, it, you know, some young players, they they thrive on it. Bakayo Saka being one of them. We don't really know that about Emil Smith-Rowe just yet. I think he's shown excellent signs. I think he's good enough to start every week. Do I think physically he's up to it, given the injury problems he's had of late? I think he still needs to prove that. And I think that it would be unfair to place such responsibility on such young shoulders. And I think actually it could, on the one hand, give him the platform to develop faster, but it could also hinder his development if that pressure gets too strong. And we know what this fan base is like uh, when it comes to pointing fingers. And it won't, you fear that it won't be long before fingers are pointed at Emil Smith-Rowe if Arsenal stop creating. So um, I still want to see Arsenal go out and bring in another attacking midfield player in this transfer window. Do I think he's got the talent though? Yes. Uh, if you listen to this podcast from the very beginning, what, a couple of years ago, um, I, I, I was adamant that of the youngsters, Smith Rowe was the one I was most excited about. Gabriel Martinelli come in and changed that, stole my heart. He's my number one now. But um, Emil Smith Rowe is certainly a massive talent and I think he is good enough. I just don't know if I would like to... Um, put that much pressure on him at this early stage in his career. Uh, Joe says, what do you think of Saliba starting away, uh, starting straight away for Nice? Uh, is he? I don't know that he is. Um, if he is great, what do I think about it? Um, I think that the level uh, of somebody like Nice is very, very different. I think you also have to take into consideration, and I'm not sure if everybody's aware of this, but Nice are in desperate in a desperate position right now when it comes to centre-backs because they lost Dante, uh, who is their centre-back and leading centre-back and captain uh, to an ACL injury. So he is out uh, for the foreseeable future with an ACL injury. So Nice, who are currently in 12th position in Ligue 1, uh, which isn't good enough for a club of their size, are in were in desperate need of a centre-back. I think that's partly why they got Saliba. They've seen him in league and they know what he's all about. They've brought him in. Um, but I think given their injury problems, I think he was always going to go into the side straight away. Um, so I'm not like outraged by it. I'm not sitting there going, well, if he can start for Nice, why couldn't he start for Arsenal? Arsenal are a side who had, what, seven, eight centre-backs at the club. Um, nice are a club who are desperate right now uh, for a centre-back to step in and replace their captain. So um, I think that's probably got a lot to do with it. So I'm not, you know, really leaning one way or the other on that, to be honest. Uh, Louis says, do you think Arsenal will go back in for a war? According to David Ornstein, 
he is no longer a priority target. Um, there's a few questions coming in about a few plays. I'll just address the update that Ornstein gave, actually, um, because he did give an update today. Uh, probably should have spoken about it a little bit earlier on, but now that you guys are asking, we'll we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, on Awa, he says that he's no longer Arsenal's priority target. Uh, so it's, it seems unlikely, in my opinion, that we will go back in for Hussein Awa. He talks about Isco as well, and, and he says that Mikel Arteta is a little bit reluctant on that one, not interested uh, necessarily in bringing Isco in. Of course, Isco being linked with a move to Sevilla as well, uh, which would probably be a, a more seamless transition for him as well. Same league, um, you know, another big club in Spain. I think that that's probably the more likely destination for Isco if he does leave Madrid during this window. Um, in terms of Christian Eriksen, who some of you have been asking about, it's David Ornstein's understanding that there is no interest in him. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that's where we are at. Uh, Dominic says, uh, "What are the going back to Mesut Ozil? What are the chances that Ozil leaves in January? I think there is a chance that Ozil leaves in January. Um, as I said, the information that was given to me a little bit earlier on today was that um, the idea would be that he would go on loan to Fenerbahce for the rest of the season uh, for a small fee, and then, of course, he would um, he would join them on a free transfer in the summer." That was my understanding, um, but that that is it at the moment. Uh, Sanjeev is asking, what are they saying? Uh, what did they say? I assume you're referring to David Ornstein about Julian Brandt. He said on Julian Brandt that nothing has progressed yet, but that doesn't mean it won't. So he's not closing the door on the idea of Julian Brandt joining Arsenal. But at the moment, there has been no progress in that. Uh, John asks about Carlos Soler. I've got to be honest, I've not heard anything on Carlos Soler. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't be able to give you, um, I wouldn't be able to give you any information on that. That would be accurate. It would just be a guess. And, and so I don't want to do that. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's where we're at in terms of the latest, uh, transfer updates. So, uh, just a quick roundup before we lock off, uh, Mesut Ozil closing in on a move to Fenerbahce, whether that's going to happen in January or the summer remains to be seen, but it's our understanding that the club, um, Mesut Ozil and Fenerbahce are all looking for a way in which they can get this deal done in January. That would see him join up with the Turkish outfit sooner rather than later. The Independent are reporting that Arsenal are considering selling Fuller and Balogun uh, to raise transfer funds during this upcoming window. Uh, Socrates is said to be attracting the interest of uh, Genoa in Serie A, and he could be on his way back to his former club. Matt Macy is closing in on a move to Hibernian on loan for the rest of the season. And Arsenal are said to be unhappy with Atletico Madrid's treatment of Lucas Torreira, who's, of course, currently with the Spanish outfit on loan. Right. Start spamming the chat. Let me know where it is that you are joining us from live right now. Always interested to hear where you guys are joining from. Just going to check in on the likes count. Let's see where we're at while you do that. Uh, there's over 350 of you watching on YouTube alone right now, but there's only 120 likes. Guys, let's get that up. Um, let's get that up to at least 200 uh, if possible. That would be great between now and, and me wrapping up the stream in the next couple of minutes. Uh, let me just address this one actually from Giovanni before we move on to uh, 
the shout outs but keep them coming keep telling me where it is you're joining us from and i'll get to those in a minute uh giovanni says we now need the left back because kolasinac has left i rate brentford's rico henry i think we should try pursue him in the summer i've been watching him and he looks a real player yeah i like rico henry as well uh looks a really really good player i'm always a little bit wary about the step up from the championship to the premier league not to say it can't be done um but as you'll know based on my view on the, the idea of brendia joining arsenal i'm still a little bit skeptical about the, the jump in levels and um i think rico henry it looks a talent, uh, but it obviously would depend on at what price he would be available as to whether I think that would be a smart move or not, um, particularly in times like these. Right, let's start giving you guys a shout out in the chat to Sukpal in Leicester, uh, to Louis in Wet and Windy Sunderland, to Carrie in Espo, to Alina in Bermuda, uh, to Stephen in Berlin, to Gert in the Netherlands, to SLD in South Africa, uh to susan in the grand caymans uh to brad in driffield east yorkshire to mohammed in kuwait uh to joe in london to shivdeep in paderborn uh to mohammed in palestine uh to tofa in dc to dominic in sussex to david in michigan to diagene in montreal uh to vlodko in Lviv, uh to dan in sweden to miroslav in poland uh, to Freddie in Haringey, just down the road. Uh, to Lamin in Gambia. Uh, da, 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 uh, to Big Love from uh, Sunderland, from Louis. Thank you so much, mate. Really appreciate it. David in Uganda. Uh, to Colin in Belfast. To Kayan in Jamaica. Uh, to Enkem in South Africa. To Saizali in Malaysia. Uh, to Sheraya in Hackney. Uh, to Tarek in Canada, uh, to the life of Yummy watching us in Oslo. Uh, and you're right, Omar. I know where you are. Big up to you as well, mate. Um, and to Andrew Dorville, to Chris in Boston, USA, uh, London, Qatar, uh, Trinidad, Jamaica, Clearwater, Florida. Wow, brilliant stuff. Um, for those of you asking, I am in North London, of course. Uh, just, uh, yeah, not too far from the Arsenal. Um, finally, to Dramatic in Houston, to Arjab in Kolkata, and to Femi in Stoke, Newington. That brings us to the end of this live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna. Lots of you joining us live for this one. Thank you so much for your continued support and your interaction. As always, if you haven't already, just a quick reminder to smash that like button before you go subscribe to the channel. If you're new, get your comments in. I do read all the comments um, and um, you can normally tell because I hit the little love heart button after I've read them. So thank you all so much for your continued support. We'll be back with another show very, very soon. Until then, take care. Ciao. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.